0: time for our parenting feature conversation talking about parental alienation where one parent intentionally tries to alienate the child from the other parent how does this impact the child and what are some of the interventions all the ways in which children who undergo or experience the situation can be helped. We're joined in under the line by our resident human potential and parenting expert, Nikki Bush. And we take your calls on 11 your SMSs on 31702 and your WhatsApps on 0727021702. Nikki, a very good morning to you. As always, great to have you on the show. Thank you, Goggs. So this week, having quite a tough conversation, uh, an experience that uh, some of us have uh, been through, many of our listeners have probably dealt with that issue, the issue of parental alienation. What do we mean when we talk about parental alienation? So, Goggs, yes, as you say, this is a heavy topic this morning.
1: Um, divorce is rife in our society. In fact, if your kids are sitting in a classroom today, they will probably discover more of them come from divorced families than from families that are still together. So, uh, you know, in uh, in my childhood, uh, the first child whose parents divorced, well, that then shivers up my spine, and I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, what if my parents divorce, and which parent would I choose to be with? Mm. And I think that that is a a very, very big fear that children have. And when they're placed in a situation where their parents have separated or divorced, parental alienation is where there is a very visceral power struggle that is going on between the separated adults. And they're playing a game of power over or power against each other. And they often use children as a pawn now we do need to understand and by the way for the purposes of this conversation i am neither a, a legal expert uh, and neither am i a child psychologist so i am giving you my observations over many many years of coaching parents and talking to parents and hearing their stories. Mm. that when there is a divorce or separation there is often ego issue at play because there is a power struggle and somebody is feeling more hurt than the other person. Or even when there are good grounds for divorce, often what happens is that whoever has the money will will take the power and will abuse it and then the person without the money doesn't have the resources to to fight. And so we get to a place where they use the children as weapons. Mm. And this is incredibly, incredibly toxic for children. Children are very adaptable. They are actually very resilient and very adaptable as long as there's consistency and as long as parents are not pitting the children against the other parent is a tough one because as I've already mentioned, there are many, many layers here and, and parents have egos and those egos are easily, easily dented and the minute ego is involved, a power struggle ensues and I think Gurgs, what we have to remember is that we create children with another human being. It takes two to tango. And whether we now live together as a couple or apart, we need to agree on just one thing, and that is to honor the space between us and to keep it sacred. Then our children can blossom in that safe space. And this is what most people miss, most parents miss who are separating or divorcing. And I have to say that the legal system is largely adversarial and so it does support this kind of power play behavior. Mm.
0: And I mean we've spoken at length about one of the big things and why it's so crucial for parents to parents and kind of lead in that parent-child relationship is because children for instance need structure, they need to know that there are rules which keep them safe. It creates, um, you know, it, it, it makes them feel safe because they're things they know they can depend on. Oh. Um, and it sounds as if in this particular context, if there is this power struggle Between parents, uh, this like backwards and forth, that there isn't actually, it doesn't feel as if it creates an environment where there can be that safety. There can be, you know, rules, Mm. structure, things that the child can rely and depend on to, they know that those things are just true and they are there and given. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is really real.
1: You know, if, if I could write a script for parents who were divorcing or separating, it would be, you need to sing off the same hymn sheet. And I know this is tricky, but if you can have the same boundaries and the same basic rules and don't need a lot of rules, the same basic rules in each household, it would go a long, long way to dissolving these power struggles because what happens is say mum has custody and dad has part time custody or even visitation rights or even supervised visitation rights. Um, What happens is that um, what happens in dad's home. He's trying to, everybody's trying to make it with each other. You see, this is, we are programmed. Children's trying to make it with each parent and the parents are trying to make it with their children. And then it becomes a popularity contest. And what I hear most often is when my child goes to dad, they're allowed unlimited access to gaming and television. They don't have a regular bedtime. They can eat what they like. They get completely spoiled. Then they come home. To mum, and mum is seen as the disciplinarian. And the children actually feel safer there, but then there's this um, the children then start manipulating the parents. So mm-hmm. we're not just talking about parental alienation here, we're also talking about children who are watching the manipulation game happening with their parents, who now get on the bandwagon and start manipulating their parents. But let's get back to the issue at hand, which is what you were talking about right at the beginning of alienation, where we we literally freeze a parent out. And I often, believe it or not, get more emails and calls from fathers than mothers who have been alienated from their children, cannot get access to their children, love their children dearly, and mum and mum's family are standing in the way. And often mum has the family who are putting money into keeping dad away legally. And and terrible things are being said about each parent to the children by the other parent. And the dads are desperate. They've spent all their money. Like the one dad phoned me and said he'd spent seven hundred thousand Rand on trying to see his children through legal channels. And and mum and her family were just standing in the way. And what we need to understand is, unless there is violence or domestic abuse, really good, good grounds for keeping dad away from the children from a safety perspective, children actually do need both their parents in their lives where it is safe, and where it is possible. And that's the thing we need to remember when we are separating or divorcing to keep the space as neutral as possible and to rather build bridges to each other over the neutral space, regardless of your relationship status for the sake of your children. You need to be big enough That when you cross over that bridge to each other, all that you take with you is yourself and you leave your baggage and your identity issues and your insecurities and your prejudices behind. And this takes listening with a very open heart and new eyes. And it's not always easy. Um, And in some more volatile and destructive situations, sometimes a third party in the form of a therapist or a mediator might be necessary to assist with the process and it is worth the effort to try and create that emotionally safe space for your child to grow up in, which when all is said and done is actually really what we want for our children.
0: And I mean, it's so, you know, difficult, especially in the instance where, you know, families need to be kept away or kept apart because there was, for instance, violence or abuse. Because for children, even that's quite a complicated thing to try to wrap their head around. Um, and also then, you know, for parents, is it, do you have these difficult conversations with your children or do you? protect them from them, because often you'll hear people say, well, you know, I didn't know this particular parent, only for them to find out much later that they might have been something that happened, often, you know, an issue of violence. So so there's even that, you know, complication about how to have really difficult, often very sensitive conversations with children um, about very difficult adult things, especially if there is the issue of, for instance, violence and, and safety.
1: Mm, mm, absolutely. So, you know, when violence and safety are are at play, it's a very different situation. Um, there's, uh, you know, at, at some point, um, the person who is the victim of the violence at some point may take a stand and often it takes a long time to take a stand. It takes many years, it takes many episodes of violence, it takes many friends and and colleagues who are seeing what's happening from the outside, um, you know, and trying to support that person to leave. Ultimately, it's that person who needs to take a stand and that takes a long time. So when you draw a line in the sand, then things start to happen. But, and this is actually a separate conversation, um, you know, it's, you don't just leave situ- violent situations without doing your preparation. Otherwise, you and your children can also be left in a very, very vulnerable position. So we do need to act like adults when divorce arises and not like out of control, attention-seeking children. And this is what I see the most is parents actually acting like children. And unfortunately, it just takes one party to start manipulating and making threats for things to go pear-shaped. And there's often no return to sanity from there on. And the legal and the judicial system is ready to work with this fallout, supporting the battle, rather than looking for a healthy resolution. So we need to really look at the primary tip here is the parenting tip here is put the parent and the child bond first. If it is safe for your children, and this is key, is it is if it is safe for your children, we need to honor a child's emotional security and stability and it would be, if we can hold on to that, that safety and security. It facilitates easier learning in the classroom and more stable relationships with others in your child's future. So I would suggest that a collaborative divorce is the preferred way to go in the future
0: Mm.
1: because the adversarial legal system is entrenched and filled with heartache and stories of many professionals in the chain. Making money at the expense of other people's happiness and often with no final outcome, causing continual frustration and really fueling this resentment. I mean, you just hear parents paying over and over again for court orders to see their children or court orders to keep one parent, you know, again, you know, away from the children and or away from themselves. Mm. And warring parents can reach levels of meanness and nastiness and vengefulness from which no one ever recovers and ultimately the real victims are the children who are torn between those parents and they don't have the life experience and the emotional intelligence to deal with what's going on. And I think this is what really needs to be understood. Even adults are ill-equipped to deal with this meanness and the nastiness. And now we put our kids in the middle of this toxic soup and we expect them to be okay. I mean, what are we thinking? Mm. So it's a very, very tough situation. And kids, you know, you think of a five-year-old, a four-year-old, a three-year-old, even a nine-year-old, a 10-year-old. They're not at that level. And so it's really easy to manipulate children to, to push against a parent. I mean, we really have got sitting ducks. We've got pawns in our hands. And, um, and we can mount a war against another parent. Without a doubt. So, you know, there are no easy answers here. And marriages don't always last forever. And not every divorce is amicable. It can be really messy. But I really would like to encourage parents who are splitting up to find a constructive way and to have the will to do the least amount of harm to all parties concerned. Remember that the fallout when there is a messy divorce, when there is alienation is that the network of people who support you, both parties, adult parties and your children are also affected. And if you want to keep that network as together as possible, because it's also healthy for your children, for you to keep friendships going, you need to understand that meanness and nastiness is not going to make your friends want to stick with you because they don't want to be involved in this messy situation. So we need to rise above the meanness and nastiness. And I've got a beautiful quote here by a woman called Hedy Schlafer. And when I read this years ago in about 2013, it just so struck a chord for me. And she says, our children grow in the space between us. The space between the couple is the playground of the child and that means the couple whether you are divorced or whether you are married you are still believe it or not you are still in a relationship because you have children and we need to protect that space as much as possible and it is difficult, it's tough, and it's a real commitment. But all too often we don't take the responsibility for that space mm. because of relationship issues, because of disagreements and judgments. And sometimes those judgments are long held or they're temporary. And what happens is we pollute this, this sacred space with our own emotions, with our words, with a look, with a reaction or a criticism, either aimed at each other or at the children. And if the space between mom and dad becomes uncomfortable, both parents and their children will react to this discomfort and the feeling of danger in this space.
0: And almost this kind of idea that you're saying, you know, the space exists even if, you know, the initial relationship doesn't exist anymore. So what would have been, even if you didn't get married, whatever relationship existed before to create um, the family, the child, yes, that relationship doesn't exist anymore, but there's still this connection
1: between yeah, yourselves and,
0: the and mm. also the child who's now still, still requires both parties whether they're in, in love with each other not in love with each other still requires both parties to be their parents to show up to show up as their parents so there's a very good resource
1: i have for our parents who are listening it's a webinar on nikibush.com called the win-win divorce webinar and in that webinar there's myself there is um really kruger who is a divorce mediator and leah Sefor is a seasoned life and relationship coach Because we believe that divorce handled well can be a mutually respectful and beneficial process. You can choose a new path, your own path, that consciously honors the connections between ex-spouses and their children that has nothing to do with the marriage.
0: Nikki, as always, it's great having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us this morning.
1: Thank you,
0: Cooks. That's resident human potential and parenting expert, Nikki Bosch, speaking to us about parental alienation this week.